Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. I haven't struggled prepping for a podcast episode as much as this one in a long time. And maybe that's surprising considering all that's happened in the NBA in the last 24 hours, but that's partly the reason. In any case, I'm still trying to figure out exactly why But here are a few reasons that I came up with. One, I spent way too much time on Twitter today, in part because it seemed there was so much bubbling up in and around the NBA, in part because there were takes being given that involved topics that I just happened to have covered in recent episodes. Let's go through them very quickly. Kendrick Perkins says Draymond Green and Ben Simmons are essentially the same player right now. This, after my last episode, pointed out all the reasons Draymond should have been insulted by Warriors owner Joe Lacob's assertion that he wasn't interested in trading for Simmons because he and Draymond are so similar. Let me say here that Perk is a welcome addition to NBA punditry. I enjoy his folksy analogies and he's willing to be critical in a way that so many players who become part of the media are not. I appreciate that. He ain't shy. And he devotes a lot of time, clearly, to knowing what is going on. But his blanket support and endorsement toward anything remotely connected to LeBron and the Clutch Agency is not doing him any favors. Being a member of the media requires calling it as you see it, not as anyone else would like you to call it. And he's way too smart to take some of the the positions that he has lately. Then there was Stephen A. Smith saying that the Nets 
entertain trading Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons, but that Kevin Durant shot it down. I covered that too in a recent episode, suggesting a Simmons for Kyrie trade would benefit Brooklyn, but that there was no way KD would allow it. Proof that uh, GM Sean Marks doesn't have any more of a free hand building his team than, say, Rob Palenka has building the Lakers. That's just the reality of player empowerment in today's NBA. I don't believe it serves a team well any more than giving a head coach control over personnel. Someone who is constructing the team with both one eye on the present and the future is key to the continued health of any organization. Players and coaches only think about right now, and their view is often clouded by being personally involved in the day-to-day struggle to win right now. We're seeing this play out in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers wants LeBron KD-like input on how the Green Bay Packers build their roster. I'm not mad at Rodgers for wanting it, and I'm not mad at the Packers for not giving it to him. There's a middle ground, which requires management to be open to engaging and listening to its best player and his ideas, and being open and clear about why what they want doesn't necessarily fit with the big picture plan. They meaning the player. I don't really believe ESPN is poaching their talking points from my podcast, but this recent streak certainly prompted it to cross my mind. Finally, there was the news of a strained relationship between New Orleans Pelicans GM David Griffin and budding star Zion Williamson, which comes as little surprise as inspired as it inspired my episode looking at why all eyes will be on the Pelicans this season for all the wrong reasons namely for indications that Zion is disgruntled enough to ask to be moved. As a piano player, I do take exception for all the mocking of Griffin for having supposedly played piano for Zion. That is a context-free observation. It looks and sounds silly. But again, without context, how could it not? It just feels like a cheap shot. And yes, the promise of a max salary extension is a powerful reason for Zion to stay the course, but we've seen more than a few stars in the last few years sacrifice money in order to be where they want to be, so Zion certainly wouldn't be the first if he decided to dip. And then there's the Minnesota Timberwolves' abrupt firing of team president Gerson Rosas less than a week before training camp opens and shortly after he made several significant roster moves. It's not as if this is the first time a team has pulled the plug on its team architect at an odd time. Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver fired GM Ryan McDonough in the midst of training camp, nine days before the season opener. He also fired head coach Earl Watson three games into the 2017-18 regular season. Through the course of the day, I heard much of what has been reported that Rosas, who is married, was involved with another member of the Timberwolves organization. I've heard that Rosas and his interim replacement, executive VP Sachin Gupta, had not been on speaking terms for quite some time. I've also been told that Robbie Sicca, the vice president of basketball operations and wellness, who resigned in July, also was at odds with Rosas. His departure, Rosicka's, was not linked with Rosas at the time, but I find it telling that when he left, 
There were no comments that I saw from Rosas about being sorry to see him go or commendations about the work that Sika did. And that he left of his own accord and not to join another franchise is also telling. Someone reported in the last 24 hours that the Timberwolves insist the decision to fire Rosas now was performance-based rather than because of any infidelity or conduct, which is a perfect setup for every late-night comedian if the Timberwolves were significant enough to merit being made fun of on late-night TV. And I'd almost be willing to believe that, seeing as the Timberwolves are in the midst of an ownership change and new owners invariably can't wait to install their own GMs and coaches. What's the fun after all of having a toy if you can't play with it? But I'm told that Glenn Taylor, the previous owner, and Mark Lore and Alex Rodriguez's new ownership group have agreed to have a multi-year transition period where they will jointly preside over the team. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but I have serious reservations about being of that being a successful approach. In any case, there's no other reason to pull the plug now or for Taylor to summarily and succinctly announce Rosas being let go without any details. I have been told that the Timberwolves' new ownership group started putting together a list of potential replacements for Rosas back in July, but that still doesn't explain abruptly kicking him to the curb now. Not after allowing him to make a series of moves in the last six weeks, presumably after they started making that list. Moves that include sending Juan Hernan Gomez and Jarrett Culver to the Memphis Grizzlies for Patrick Beverly, and dealing Ricky Rubio, Rubio to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Tarian Prince. Those are not insignificant traits. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. But then the Gerson firing has laid bare just how dysfunctional the Timberwolves have been for quite some time. There was, of course, Taylor's need to go to court to win a challenge from a minority owner, Meyer Overbach, to get the right to sell the team to Lauren Rodriguez in the first place. Overbach wanted to cash out his 17% stake in the franchise to the tune of $300 million, which is a valuation of the total franchise as $1.76 billion. The latest Forbes valuation has it at $1.4 billion, which explains why Taylor fought it and Meyer summarily lost. 
It smacks of a money grab, pure and simple. I knew that Ryan Saunders, son of former Timberwolves coach and team president Flip Saunders, the late Flip Saunders, was Taylor's personal choice to succeed Tom Thibodeau as the T-Wolves head coach. Rosas fired Saunders last February after a 7-24 start and quickly filled the spot with Chris Finch, the current head coach. What I did not realize is that when Flip died back in October of 2015 after a battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma, his wife Debbie inherited his stake in the team, making her a minority owner. I also did not know that Rachel Saunders, one of Flip and Debbie's four children, also remains involved with the team as a manager in charge of team services. So two family members were still part of the organization after another family member was fired. You can't tell me that didn't create any lingering awkwardness or hard feelings. Is it really any surprise then that Rosas had as many enemies within the organization as we're now hearing about? I, also, I always knew that Taylor ran the Timberwolves with a mom-and-pop sensibility, and it never ceases to amaze me how much nepotism quietly goes on inside NBA franchises, considering they are billion-dollar operations. But man, what an ideal recipe for infighting aplenty. And I'm not singling out the Saunders family on this. When Rick Adelman was the Timberwolves head coach, some of his kids were hired by the franchise as well. This is not a Saunders issue or an Adelman issue. This is a Glenn Taylor issue. The bottom line here is that the Timberwolves have been a mess and will continue to be for the foreseeable future. Because I've been told that Gupta is strictly a placeholder and the Timberwolves will do an extensive search for a permanent replacement. All of this as the season gets underway and the Timberwolves would presumably be hoping to put an end to their run of 17 seasons with only one playoff appearance. Would you fault Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, or any other Timberwolves player to ask out of this mess? In any case, what is the player's motivation? Finch being Rosas' hire, he now becomes a lame duck head coach with his authority severely undermined. The deck has long been stacked against the Timberwolves as a small market team in a part of the country that, let's face it, has to deal with Arctic conditions a good part of the season. It's not a free agent destination, that's for sure. I personally actually like the vibe of the city. If Prince saw fit to make it home, Minneapolis is all right by me. But now they have to find a GM willing to take on that challenge. Whoever they hire is presumably going to have a vision of the style he wants to play and the kind of team he wants to build. And it takes time to incorporate all that, especially when you're doing it through the draft, as the Timberwolves assuredly will have to do. And it's not as if the Timberwolves have a surplus of first-round picks. They have their own. That's it. This feels like the Game of Thrones all over again. Winter isn't just coming. It's been here. And it isn't ending anytime soon. If you're a corporate sponsor, why would you want to be connected to this franchise? If you're a fan, why would you want to buy season tickets? 
It's almost as if we should think of the NBA consisting of 29 teams with the Timberwolves waiting to become one again. Or maybe we should make that 28 since the New Orleans Pelicans don't appear to be in much better shape with everyone coming for GM David Griffin with torches and pitchforks. That's where I want to wrap up this episode because it troubles me to see revisionist history conducted once someone is in the court of public opinion's crosshairs. I've been as perplexed as anyone by Griffin's moves of late and have said so. But to suggest he's never been a successful GM or to downgrade his work presiding over the Cleveland Cavaliers winning their first ever championship is simply not fair. Same goes for diminishing Draymond Green's contributions to the Warriors' championship runs. He has struggled the last few seasons. There's no denying that. But that doesn't erase just how special and integral he was to them going to five consecutive NBA Finals. Was he in the right place at the right time? No question. But the argument that he would have been an average player had he been with any other franchise conveniently ignores his unique combination of playmaking skills and unique versatility as a defender. He was their number one go-to stopper, and no, that doesn't make him a glorified P.J. Tucker. Tucker was never the offensive threat that Green was, either as a passer or as a scorer, nor was he as versatile as a defender. And Tucker has never had the kind of clutch performances on the league's biggest stage that Green has had. He was the emotional catalyst of that Warriors team when they won their first title. When they closed out the Cavs to win it, it was Green who delivered a triple-double with 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. It was Green who was also responsible for LeBron needing 33 shots to score his 32 points that night. Neither Ben Simmons nor P.J. Tucker has ever come remotely close to a performance that big in a game that meaningful. Every team in the league saw adding a power forward who could counter the unique challenge that Green presented as the key to ending the Warriors' dynasty. The Raptors ultimately did it by acquiring Kawhi Leonard, but it's also why there was suddenly a renewed interest in players such as Richard Jefferson and Jeff Green. All right, that does it for this very mixed bag of an episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I wish I could tell you at this point now what the next episode is going to be about, but the way the NBA has gone the last 24 hours, we're just going to have to wait and see. Because if it's as busy as the last 24 hours, we may be looking at another mixed bag. I hope you don't mind. And if there's a topic that I've overlooked that you'd like me to delve into, well, you know how to reach me. If the league does suddenly go quiet, well, there is a session with Monty McCutcheon, the head of referee development and training, which I'm going to attend, and in which Monty is apparently going to explain how the league is going to officiate what they consider non-basketball moves. Should be an interesting session. I will share with you not only what I learned from it, 
but what I think about the potential changes they have in store. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.